Fries is a new podcast hosted by Gene Hopkins, Chief Marketing Officer at Lola.com. Gene has built and led marketing teams, authored top-selling marketing materials, and served on advisory boards all around Greater Boston. With Table Fries, Gene sets out to interview every woman working at Lola.com. Gene will talk about motivation, what makes a good day, and we'll connect the dots between guests in a special way. At Table Fries, there's always room to share. So grab small plates and don't forget the dipping sauce. To find all the new and previous episodes of Table Fries, check out your favorite podcast platforms or visit us at lola.com slash table fries. And don't forget, Gene is building Boston's next great B2B marketing team at lola.com. So be sure to stay updated on new roles at the lola.com careers page. Table Fries, where sharing is caring. Well, welcome, Beth Cohen, to Table Fries, where everybody at Lola.com likes to share. We're so glad to have you here. I'm so excited to be here and to have just some time for just the two of us to chat and catch up. <laughs> we don't great. get to do that enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we do do a lot of back and forth communications on Slack yes. and, and everything. So it's funny because I got to know you as our in-house legal counsel. Mm -hmm. Before I ever joined the company, we actually had conversations about trademarks and, and a whole bunch of stuff before I ever joined. Oh so you you were my first, you were the face of Lola <laughs> when I first came here, which is so awesome. And we're really happy to have you. And um, I like to ask uh, the same kind of questions of the individuals that we have on this particular show. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell me your story about how you ended up at Lola.com? So it started, I was working actually in Connecticut for a firm, which I absolutely loved, but I was coming up here on the weekends and visiting my twin sister and just fell in love with Boston and realized that it was time to make a move. So I quit my job, took the Massachusetts bar exam and moved up to Boston. Finding a job wasn't the easiest thing in the world, so I did contract attorney work for a while, which could be a little bit challenging just because it's completely unpredictable. You never know how long the projects are going to last, what your hours are going to be. And so during that time, I ended up actually working for the recruiting firm that was helping me to find work. And during that time, I met Rebecca Castaldi, who was the former GC of Lola. She was going on maternity leave and was looking for potential coverage while she was out. And so we just hit it off and had a great time. And that was kind of the end of it until about six to eight months later, she reached out to me and said that she was resigning from Lola and that she thought I'd be a great fit and would I be willing to come in and interview with the team. So I came in, I met with Stacy and Paul and mm -hmm. just learned so much about the product and about the team and couldn't wait to get started. And and I got the job. So that's it's how it happened. It's been over two years. Almost two years. Almost yeah. two years. Mm -hmm. Almost two years. And you're going to have another baby. Yes. That's yeah. very in exciting. August. Mm -hmm. In August. So that's that's wonderful. Nice yeah. warm time of the year. So that'll be really great for you. So two mm -hmm. babies. Yes. That's going to make it exciting. And I know when I first started here, too, that you, um, you take Uber Pool mm -hmm. to the office every day from Brookline into Boston. Yep. And you're always here. You're always here early. You just, you're very, very organized and you told me what do you do when you're in the uber pool car <laughs> in the uber it's funny it's like i really like to use that time i think it comes back to my connecticut days where i had a little bit of a commute i mm -hmm. like to have a little bit of a transition from like work mm -hmm. to getting to the office so i usually just listen to podcasts and like catch up on the news and just kind of take as an opportunity to zone out a little bit so that when i get to the office i'm just ready to hit the ground running and go for it you've said that it's usually that the car is not crowded the mm -hmm. the uber car is not crowded so you have your own space there so you don't feel that you have to carry on a conversation with strangers or anything exactly I can just get into the zone. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So when you were in Connecticut, did you work in Manhattan? Did you take the train? No, so I lived in Southern Connecticut in Fairfield County, and mm-hmm. then I worked in Bridgeport. So, oh. I, so I had about like a 20 to 25 minute drive to the office, but I usually just relished that time where I could just listen to the news and just kind of zone out a little bit. There's something kind of therapeutic about driving that I don't get to do as much now that I'm in Boston. So, yeah, of course not. Um, so Uberpool is my, you know, equivalent Your go-to. Of that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's how you get, that's how you, you're able to get back back and forth. Mm-hmm. So is there a single word that would describe you, do you think? I think when it comes to my work personality and the work version of me, I would say conscientious. For me, being in-house counsel at Lola is such an honor and a privilege, and that hasn't changed for me since the first day I started here. I still just thank my lucky stars every day that I get to work here and work with these incredibly smart people on developing this amazing product. So I think I just like to take every single task that I do incredibly seriously, whether it's just an email to somebody explaining our leave policy to negotiating an agreement with a company like GBT. I just try to take it all incredibly seriously and do the best job that I can. And you do take it seriously. And conscientious is a word that I would definitely say describes you. And you also, you pay attention. Conscientiousness can also mean a number of things, Mm -hmm. but you balance the pros and the cons of things that not everything is a perfect decision, but you want people to understand what possible pitfalls there might be if we did X, Y, or Z. So I can take the blame for signing a contract without you vetting it Mm -hmm. first. And it was just in the rush of the moment, just way fast, fast, fast. And you have an agreement, an MSA that you would like us to sign or make sure that we have our vendors sign. And yet doing that, of the probably 100 contracts that I've pushed through you, um, (laughs) this one, somehow, I honestly have no idea why it happened or how it happened. Mm -hmm. And yet you didn't, you weren't angry. You were just saying, okay, here's the possible repercussions. And we we actually had one, right? Because (laughs) I don't want to say the vendor's name, but they came back to us to ask us to do something. And then you you politely pointed out, well, they never signed the original MSA, so we don't really have a leg to stand on. So, and you were such a good sport about it. And it's just a reminder about how in your role, you're protecting us. It's not, you're not trying to say no. You're exactly. trying to just figure out the conscientious aspect of things, just making you aware of what these decisions are. Because in our company, there's a lot of compliance that we have mm-hmm. to be concerned about. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, that my philosophy has kind of evolved since I've been here, but I've learned that I don't want my role, and it's not an effective way to practice law here, to just be like, this is the law, (laughs) this is the rule, this is what we have to do. It just doesn't work that way. It's evolved to a place where I really just want to educate the team so that they completely understand the legal landscape and we can make every decision with our eyes wide open. And so that's why you'll never find me saying, like, you didn't follow the rules, and how dare you do this, and you messed up. I felt guilty enough. (laughs) I felt guilty enough for my entire team. I felt so bad. But you also, you brought in an, an outside attorney for us to talk about to the marketing team about the use of trademarks and and why you have to be especially conscientious. Would would Mm -hmm. you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've just learned that in terms of, you know, our goal here is to develop an incredible product that takes care of our customers. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, to move quickly, to innovate quickly, I want to empower the team to be able to understand the things that I'm concerned about so that you guys can make a lot of the decisions on your own, move quickly, and know when to escalate to me. So what we did was an internal training. 
we did one for the marketing team and then we did one for our engineering team and product team to kind of understand the different privacy and data security issues and the things that I'm really concerned about so that everybody can kind of understand, have a little bit of like, you guys can all operate as my legal agents here at Lola. <laughs> and, we um, try. <laughs> do it and make smart decisions on your own, but then also know when to come to me as opposed to me trying to kind of have my hands everywhere and understand what everyone's doing to kind of empower you to make those decisions on your own. Uh, well, some of it had to do with images. Some of it had mm -hmm. to do with music, things that had copyright protection mm -hmm. that we shouldn't be using, brand names, things like that. There, exactly. there was a separate discussion about the Super Bowl. We did a Super Bowl promotion, and we couldn't use the word Super Bowl because it's trademarked. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, I guess we could, but you're running a risk. And yep. that's that's all you were trying to point out to exactly. us is that you're running a risk. And there's just certain things that aren't necessarily intuitive that I wanted to kind of educate you guys on about a little bit. So I think that was good. And and I having worked in a number of companies and having in-house legal counsel is a huge benefit. We're very, very lucky to be able to have you here. A lot of times you have external counsel mm -hmm. and you're right there, Johnny on the spot, Beth on the spot. You're always doing it. And I know from using external counsel, it could be a week, it could be a month before somebody got back to you and, and everything moves way too quickly that you can't wait for decisions like that. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to marketing too, I think there's such a benefit to having an in-house counsel oh, yeah. who understands the goal and the tone and just what we're going for in terms of mm -hmm. our product, our voice, everything. And yes, moving quickly is another thing that I, I never want to stand in the way of you guys moving forward and moving quickly. So I try to be as responsive as I can. As well, you are. You're super responsive. And then, <laughs> then you'll send a note. I know you wanted this or you needed this, but I'm, I'm going to get to it. And there's competing priorities because it's not just, you, you're not just working for marketing. You're working all the way up the, and down the organization mm -hmm. for everybody. So I know that you work seven days a week. I mean, you are available. And, and if you aren't available, you'll say, I'll get to it. And I, I promise that I'll fix this for you. But you're always ahead of me. You're always ahead. You always say, I'm going to get to it before I have a chance to say, Beth. Well, that is no easy feat, but thank you. <laughs> I try. Um, well, it's a pretty difficult role that you have. So what was the last book that you read? And it can be a kid's book, because um, I know we all have read Sam I Am and yes. uh, Left Foot, Right Foot by uh, Dr. Seuss. Yep. But whatever book that you read, did you like it or didn't you yeah. like it? So the last book that I read was Where the Crawdads Sing. Ah, my mom talks about oh, that. She says gosh. it's magnificent. It, it's it's going to be a great movie oh. when somebody gets the rights to the movie. Mm, it's absolutely amazing. It is. It takes place in North Carolina in the Outer Banks in the 1950s, and it's like a coming-of-age story. Mm -hmm. There's actually a little bit of courtroom stuff in there. Oh, wow. There's also, I'm actually kind of a nature girl at heart. I lived in Colorado for a couple of years, and I love how fiction just has the ability to just transport you to a different time and place. And so their nature writing in this book is absolutely incredible, just the descriptions of the landscapes. And oh, it was just amazing. So was it a hard copy or a Kindle? I got the hard copy. You got the hard I copy? I love hard copy you still. Do. I do. I can read things much more quickly if I have a Kindle, if it's on my Kindle, just because you can read wherever you are all the time. Right. But there's just something about a hard copy. So the, the book itself, so you carried it around. And how long did it take you to finish? I actually kept it on my nightstand and read it in three days. Really? I just read it after work, just got into it. I didn't even get into fiction as much until I was in law school, actually. Because yeah, I would just probably be, needed it. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be reading all day long, and then I'd try to go to reading these, like, court cases and right. then I'd try to go to sleep and it was like I couldn't get my brain to stop and then suddenly I just needed fiction to kind of again transport me to Pump a different time and place yeah and just get my mind to shift a little bit to something else so 
So I've heard a lot. I think, isn't that book uh, number one on the New York Times yeah. bestseller? And it has been for a forever. while. Yeah. So how do you think it got there? I don't know. It is one. There's something, there's some magic to some books okay. where it's just, you pick it up and you just can't put it down. And it just, I don't know, it just connects to you in, in a way that, that other books just don't. And um, there's something about that one that just really gets you. Okay. It's yeah. a it's a good book club it's, book. Oh my gosh. It's yes. a good book club. Okay. Tears? Yeah. No tears? Oh yeah. Tears? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh no. <laughs> I hate the part where you're crying that you can't read. When you go home at the end of a day or any particular day, how do you know that you've had a really great day? What is what does it look like to you? Yeah. I think that I got into law in the first place was because because I wanted to be in a place where I could just help people, where people would come to me with an issue, whether it be something personal, like when I was doing family law, to something business-oriented with employment stuff, and being here at Lola, to have people come to me with such a variety of issues. I mean, the diversity of issues here is incredible and makes it so much fun and so <laughs> exciting. But when somebody can come to me with an issue, whether it be something personnel-related or something legal, it just feels so good to be able to have the answers that they're looking for and help them come up with a solution. The collaborative aspect here too is just amazing in terms of having so many different people with different points of view and being able to come together to find the best solution, whether it be for each other or for our customers. So that part I think is what really just feeds me the most and more than anything else. You really love your job here. Oh my gosh. You you really do. You're very, very happy. And for an attorney that is usually presented with uh, let's call them problems or, mm-hmm. or opportunities, yes. right? So you're trying to guide the organization mm-hmm. in the correct direction, and yet it's it's got to be tough for you. It's got to be a little hard sometimes because you're always smiling. <laughs> you know, no, seriously, yeah. you just you have a, a great smile and you're a very positive. What, what does your twin sister do? She is a sales engineer for Salesforce. Salesforce.com. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So very different in the t- kinds of work that we do. But she is incredibly enthusiastic. I describe her as me kind of cranked up to a Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't too know where funny. she gets her, her energy from. You're fraternal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fraternal. So yeah. good sisters. And, yep. and that, that must be a blast. Yeah. Would you want to have twins? Oh my gosh. No. Is that um, what your parents say? Yes. I mean, my parents, when I try to ask them about my childhood, they, it's like, I think it was just a blur for them. Like, they don't even remember. Because my brother's a year and a half older than oh us, my gosh. too. So they just had three kids in diapers for a little while. And when I asked my dad about our childhood, he's like, I don't know how we got through it, but we did. Yeah. You guys were all healthy. Yes. That yes. makes a huge difference mm-hmm. if you're if you're healthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. One piece of advice you'd give to your 18-year-old self? Oh my gosh, wow. I think for that, I would say stay positive and optimistic. I think at 18, I really wanted to have a game plan. I wanted to know exactly how things were going to turn out and exactly what I was going to be doing. And life just doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. And I wish that I had taken some of the pressure off of myself in terms of the frustration that I felt along the way in terms of not getting what I thought I should have had at a certain time. Things happen at their own time and a lot of it you just can't control. And I didn't end up finding my dream job until I got here and it took a while to get here. Wow. I agree with you that I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and even kids that are talking with Marina, kids that are two and three, you talk about the the terrible twos, which I don't really think are all that terrible. I think the threes, because three is worse. <laughs> it is harder because at least two, they're still containable. Mm-hmm. At three, their personalities are pretty set by that point. Yeah. And they are people with opinions and thoughts and I'm not going to eat that. And, and you don't want to get into these battles kind of a thing. 
But I also believe that, as you pointed out, being 18 and being frustrated, I think for a three-year-old, they're going to see a five-year-old maybe riding a bike or doing something, and their gross motor skills are not quite caught up, or they can't lift themselves. And so I think three-year-olds, they're not terrible. They're just frustrated. Mm -hmm. And you said at 18, and I think that we all get frustrated in our lives when we're not moving as fast as we think we should be. But we don't give ourselves any grace. We all need a certain degree of grace. Absolutely. And I think also that people say the negative times are things when you really learn and grow the most, but I really do feel that that is so true for me, that the reason why I'm able to just appreciate and love Lola so much every single day, no matter how hard the the day is, Mm -hmm. is because of the challenges that I had on the way here, where, you know, practicing that at firm, for example, it always, sometimes it felt like a square peg in a round hole a little Mm -hmm. bit, and I'm so glad that I had that time at the firm, because it gives me such a different perspective and appreciation for where I am now. Eh, That's, that's an excellent point. That makes a lot of sense that we all kind of grow. I know myself for being here, I love the opportunity to be able to build and to build things, to be able to constantly be launching. We have so many things that are going on that we can do a launch a a week Mm -hmm. and create a lot of buzz for the company and it would be very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's so much going on. So you're trying to contain this rocket fuel, if you will, Mm -hmm. so that you get maximum propulsion out of everything that you're trying to do. So I totally, totally, totally understand where you're coming from. Ashley likes this question. What was your worst job and why? But okay, mine was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hers was some sort of a food service thing. I know Marina talked about being a software engineer and and not being respected enough in the role while she was in the Ukraine. Do you have any food service ideas? (laughs) I sure do. So have you heard of Duchess? Yes. Summer after junior year, I needed a summer job on short notice. And so I got one working at Duchess, which is a fast food restaurant right off of 95 in Connecticut, (laughs) um, in Milford, Connecticut. And... Which is near the ocean. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, it is. It's right on the water. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so we talk about being a humble learner here Mm -hmm. at Lola, and I really learned the meaning of that (laughs) phrase at Duchess because you start from the bottom there. So I was cleaning the bathrooms. I had this terrible uniform that I had to wear, and it was right around the corner from my school. So everybody would come in to get lunch, and they'd be like, Beth, is that you? (laughs) But I worked hard, and it, again, taught me the appreciation of everything that I have here at Lola. So... Um, yeah, it was just another step. Exactly. Yeah. And it's amazing how you don't die of I embarrassment. Know. <laughs> I know. You just get through it. You just get through My it. My dad said one of the, it's like the highlight of his parenting <laughs> up till that point was getting in line at Duchess and getting to wait and see me there at the cashier take his order. <laughs> oh, jeez. Too funny. Yeah. Too funny. We talked a little bit with Marina about being an individual contributor or managing. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about as well is that you can be an individual contributor for a variety of reasons. It's a family where you are in your particular role because I know having small children, it becomes you gotta manage them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's they're your employees, if you will. And then and it makes it easier sometimes when you're not responsible for other people. 
But there's also managing and managing programs and vendors and budget and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this? I mean, it's it's got to be a tough thing. Not everybody wants to manage or you're not quite ready in certain parts of your life. So how do you feel about it, Beth? Yeah, I think a lot of the job is management here mm -hmm. as a as an in-house counsel because you're working with outside counsel mm -hmm. on a lot of things, but you're also working with a lot of people here at Lola. Mm -hmm. We don't have a, a large legal team. I'm a legal team of one <laughs> moment, but every single matter that I work on here at Lola involves a lot of different people yep. and insight and perspective and knowledge from a lot of different people. Sure. So I would say that the managing part of it is really the most fulfilling for me. Of course, I love just kind of getting into the zone and tearing apart a contract and red <laughs> redlining it to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, all lawyers love that to a certain extent, but it's that kind of like working with lots of different people and managing mm. that really kind of sustains me. Well, that's good. You don't always have to just manage people, but you are managing the relationships. You're mm -hmm. managing the flow of information throughout the organization and making sure that we've got the right records. I mean, that's really what it all comes down to. Do we have the, the correct records for things? Yep. I know when I first joined here October, six months ago today. Oh, wow. Yeah, six, six months ago today. And yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I know that we struggled to find some contracts that had been signed and trying to figure out what are we billing and where, and now that we have a system and there's a common repository for us to be able to say, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. Yep. And you need that referenceability that becomes, and that's, that's your whole point yep. is not only protecting the company, but making sure that we have a place to be able to find the necessary contracts and agreements Absolutely. and everything that go back. Right. So yeah. you need those. Mm -hmm. So you talked about Lola, Lola's values mm -hmm. and the values Lola Pack, customer core, mm -hmm. wicked loving, and humble learner. Mm -hmm. So which one's your favorite? You did mention humble learner. So. I, did, I did, but I would say wicked loving is the one that, that, that matters mm -hmm. the most to me. I think just working at a place where everybody has a love not only for the work that they're doing mm -hmm. and the product that we're creating and our customers, but also for each other is what makes it such a special place. And so it's such a great place to be able to work working with such passionate people who are so smart and so excited about what we're doing makes it so special and so unique in that way. It is. It is a, a unique environment mm -hmm. where people are supported and celebrated for their many contributions. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you yep. that it is definitely very different yep. in, in, as of an environment. Do you have a question for me? Do you have a question that you wanted to know about me? I think I would say what about Lola has been the most surprising for you since you've started here? Actually, and that's a good point, it is that wicked loving attitude. Mm -hmm. And I, what I enjoy here is over 50%, maybe 52% of the workforce here are women. Also, the leadership team is 50% women. And in many organizations where I've been, I may have been the only female sitting at the big table. And it's refreshing to be able to know that you have so many people that have your back at all times. And it's the, the support, the, just the sheer amount of talent, quite frankly, that's in this organization. And I feel lucky that I can teach and mentor and coach and have bring people along because I'm a lot further along in my career than some of the team members that are here. And I want them to be super successful. So mm -hmm. if I can help in any way to keep them from avoiding any kind of potholes or rabbit holes or whatever you want, and also kind of putting things into context, because sometimes like when you're 18 or when you're 20, 
28, you get those woulda, coulda, shouldas. And in reality, it all comes out. It's all fine. Mm -hmm. And it will be all right. I just think sometimes you need to be able to have somebody that has a sense of perspective in that particular, in much the way that you bring perspective to us, maybe I, I'm able to bring perspective to other team members to be able to say, this too shall pass. It's going to be okay. Well, I have a follow-up question to okay. that as well. All right. What, something that I noticed from you from the beginning, which I think is so unique and so incredible, is your ability to give such positive feedback and kind of appreciation in such a genuine way to people. It's so unique and people, I don't think people do it enough, but you do it in a way that is just from the very beginning with you. I just have always loved that about you. Where did you learn that from? And I've actually been very lucky. My husband has two sisters and one of them was the matron of honor and she just was such a good role model. She's one of those people that's so easygoing. Cheryl is her name. And she just goes and she's so interested in everything. And I watched her parent her children and then her grandchildren. And I think that she is the kind of person that it's never a problem. Like you just don't acknowledge the negative stuff. You just pretend that it doesn't happen and you reward the positive. Because I think a lot of people feel like if you keep nagging, I guess I look at it as nagging, that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And I know that uh, when our, I have twin daughters, as you know, and I remember when they were small and I had read a book to stop from teaching them, don't say no, because you don't want them to say no. So we, my husband and I learned, or we started a thing where we said, not for babies, not for babies. It wasn't no, it wasn't no, because, and I know that a lot of people like, no, no, no. And when you hear that, what, what's your automatic response? Yeah, I'm going to do it no matter what you're saying. Oh, yeah. And that's a normal, normal response. So I think by acknowledging and celebrating all the good things that people do each and every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, and we have just, I guess I've just worked in so many companies where people don't really care about their jobs or care about each other that it's very easy for me to be extremely positive in this environment. Mm -hmm. I'm naturally a more positive, extroverted kind of a person, but it's pretty easy here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although you started doing it from the beginning, so I don't know if we can take the credit for it. <laughs> But we are so lucky to have you here now. Oh, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for being on Table Fries. Thank I'm so, you so excited. Thank you for having me. This was great. Oh, good. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Fries with host Gene Hopkins from Lola.com on the Funnel Radio Network. Be sure to subscribe on TableFries.com. Table Fries is brought to you by Lola.com, super simple corporate travel software from the travel innovators who brought you Kayak. Whether you want better visibility into travel spend, help managing your corporate travel program, or 24-7 human-powered support while you're on the road, Lola.com is the perfect solution. Lola.com, a better way to travel for business. Imagine.